Okay, and welcome to another edition of the FanRag Sports Premier League podcast. It is, we've got um, Elliot Nibwalk today joining me, Pauly Questel. Seb is on the pup list um, after injuring his back. Somehow means he can't talk. <laughs> Physically so, unable to perform. Nice. Yes. You, so um, I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, we've got Elliot coming to you from Mexico City. Is what I think he is. That's where he was last time, so I guess that's actually a bad guess. Yeah, no, that's correct. Um, I'm I'm still here at least until Wednesday, maybe even longer. We'll see. Hopefully, there are no more I, earthquakes. I just feel like uh, wherever you were last year, like you should like if I needed to guess, I should guess anywhere else in the world. <laughs> I mean, within a reasonable flight distance radius, but yeah, I guess you never know. I uh, you never know. But I mean, Mexico City's been great. I love it. I, I, so. Yeah, well, I, I would hope it is because um, you have been there, I guess, a week. Yeah, and you, wouldn't uh, wanna, you wouldn't want to travel somewhere that sucks. No. I mean, the the people are great. The food is great. The mezcal is great. The earthquakes are less than great. But, you know, hopefully there are no more <laughs> – no no stronger than the ones that we've had heretofore in the last five if I was If I was in Mexico City, my only rule would be I wouldn't eat the same – I wouldn't drink the same tequila twice. Uh, I think that I've failed that, but only because at one club we got bottle service. So that's kind of... No, right, no, 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 that doesn't count. Like, if, <laughs> if you're at, like, if you're out to dinner, like, and they bring you, and, like, you have one tequila, and you're like, that was really good, I'm going to have another one of that, that's okay. But if you go to another establishment, then you should not have that same one. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I love the city. And anyone, anyone out there, if you've never been to Mexico City, it's... It's phenomenal. The food, the drink, and even more so the people, it, it's all just great. Yeah, anyway, over in Europe, and that island of Great Britain, in the, uh, in the sovereign nation of England, we had the <laughs> oldest trophy in sports, the FA Cup, and cup sets, Elliot, big one today. Yeah. Wigan beating Manchester City. The quadruple is off before they even won a single trophy. All of that talk for a quadruple, and... Technically, they could still not win anything. Well, yeah, they they could technically. I mean, let's be real. They're they're shoe ins for the Premier League, but the I mean, this is kind of this is what the hype monster does to you, right? Like, if they quote unquote only win the Premier League, if they only win the domestic competition, which is usually the hardest for any domestic competition in the most competitive league in the world, then it will still kind of be a disappointment, which is just like, well, you know, again, it's the hype monster. It got into you because you're that damn good. So. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a disappointment when you only win the domestic league, especially because not so much in England. In England, it's definitely the hardest to win, but we're, we're like already used to this, to seeing this like in Germany and maybe in France and maybe in Italy and you know, maybe I guess sometimes in Spain where it's just a given that like Barcelona or Real Madrid are going to win it. But it's certainly not unheard of to essentially um, have the league wrapped up at this point. Like Bayern yeah. Munich have done that for years at this point. And then when they only win the Bundesliga, yeah, that's a disappointment. Well, so, and Bayern, Bayern Munich have not only done that, but they've also done it under the same manager as City have now, of course. So Yes. So City do have the advantage of they are – when Bayern Munich lose in the German Cup, that's it. City are um, still alive in the Make Believe Cup. Um, sorry, the Make Believe Cup. 
Um, oh, come on. Which, it's the Chupacabra cup. <laughs> it's the some Asian energy drink cup that used to be an Asian beer cup um, and then became an American bank cup. And this definitely is not all about sponsorship and money at all cup. Yeah. Um, I, I still sometimes I still call it the Carling Cup when I'm not thinking. It's, it's like, still the Carling Cup. Yeah, this it's is, alliterative it's still the and it's, cup. it's at least like a beer that's drunk commonly in the same place that the competition is played. It's also like that's um, like that's where I got in on the ground floor. You know, like when they build a stadium or like an arena and like and they sell off the naming rights like right away, but. Yeah. But the, but it's like a 25 year deal, and then after 25 years, the name goes to like another company, and you're just like, I'm not calling it that. Well, I mean, it's I don't know. The thing is, though, there's so many these days that try to have their cake and eat it too. You know, it's like the it's U.S. Cellular Field at Comiskey Park, right? <laughs> or yeah, like uh, Maryland. Maryland used their stadium used to be called Bird Stadium, and then eventually they sold off the name rights to Capital One Bank, so it became Capital One Bank Field at Bird Stadium, Bird Stadium. Yeah. and um, when I went to when I went to school there, it was Comcast Arena, and now it's the Xfinity Center because Xfinity is still Comcast. Don't forget that. That's the Verizon FiOS ad. Um, uh, I still call it Comcast, and and the the perfect example that we'll go to right now is over the game taking place at the JJB. It's not the JJB Stadium; it's the DW Stadium because JJB changed their name to DW. Uh, so, well, but in terms of the competition itself, whatever you want to call it, it's still. Arsenal and Manchester City playing at Wembley for a trophy this weekend. Exactly. And, yeah, so City, right? So what could happen is they can go right down to the double in a matter yeah. of in a matter of six days. They can go from quadruple hopes to, well, maybe you'll win the double, uh, yeah. but you have the two – you have the hardest one to win in front of you. Or they could still be in line for a treble but not the treble and – uh, you have to. You would have to think that would make someone like me very happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone you know, like oh, it, pretty right, much anyone know, oh, who's sure. not a city supporter. <laughs> oh, sure. You might have won the league and the Champions League and the and the League Cup, and you definitely, yeah, you, you definitely improved your trophy cabinet by about thirty three percent. But you didn't win the treble, and that's what we will always, we will always have on them. Meanwhile, how many things? Just so, to, just to top it off, so I mean, Wigan. You were saying on the last show, like you know, don't forget that Wigan, who got relegated that year, still beat Manchester City. Yeah. In the in the FA Cup final, it's actually their third straight win over yeah. Manchester City in the I FA mean, Cup. This is like this is like some FIFA video game lore, right? Like, wait, you are playing in manager mode, and your team is in the championship, and yet, despite the fact that your team is in the championship, you're also in the Europa League. But Wigan did it. Because they won the FA Cup, and you know, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Paulie, but prior to the Super you know, what, actually, Bowl, I just want to like yeah. one tangent right there. I actually hate doing that in FIFA because the championship has like 46 games, and it, yeah, and yeah. adding the Europa League schedule to 46 games, it just makes the next season like it takes so long to get through it. Yeah, it's brutal. For all <laughs> you out there, the way to do it is you have the player mode, and then you can sim the remainder of the game once you go up by two, two three goals. It's the way to do it, but you know that's that's a tangent word to the wise. But anyway, uh, prior to the Super Bowl this year, um, 
the coach of the Eagles, who's a former backup to Brett Favre in Green Bay, had Brett Favre come and speak to the Philadelphia Eagles prior to the Super Bowl about his experience beating the Patriots. Granted, long before the dynasty of Belichick and Brady, but don't worry, this long-winded NFL uh, tangent does come back eventually. And... It's only getting longer when you go yeah. on a side tangent. I know. But, uh, but, it's like that but, scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> He's like, it's a bit more awkward now. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I mean, this is just like the the next level of the dream. Anyway, uh, before we get into any more film references, the point being that it, it, it's, not, it's not that Brett Favre spoke to them about having beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl, but nonetheless – some a part of me wants all the entire not like the entire complement of players, staff, and coaches from Wigan Athletic to come over to North London and say, "Hey, Arsenal, this is how we got Man City's number because we beat them over and over again." To your point, that they've had them you know three times in com- competitions over and over, and. Even though we've we've said over and over on this podcast, I mean, Paulie, I think you were the first one among the three of us to call the Premier League race for Manchester City, and we all agree that like they're they pretty much got it. But nonetheless, I think that the City team that has lost to Arsenal last year in the FA Cup, a year before in admittedly a pseudo friendly in the Community Shield, was both times objectively a better team than Arsenal Football Club, and Arsenal Football Club is a cup team, and so they've still got a shot in that final. Uh, and, but also we have, okay, we have to talk about Aguero, right? Yeah. Tell me what we're talking about him. Okay. Uh, he threw a punch. <laughs> he threw a punch at a Wigan fan who rushed the field afterwards. And it's the Oh, we're going to get a suspension? That, okay, so that explains the Arlo White tweet now. Okay. okay. I did not know this because after the game, I flipped right back over to um, the Olympics slash I think I like to like my fourth nap of the day because yeah. I got wrecked this weekend. I wasn't working today, so I napped I mean, a lot. Olympics plus football, yeah, it's a lot. But I mean, honestly, the, the video replay, he's – the thing is that his initial reaction – I guess you would call it a punch, but it's more of, I don't know, it's, it's more of like a backhand brush away. But then afterwards, he rushes the guy. And I think that he is saved by his teammates from intervening because he he, like, he sees red after the initial altercation, which is called by the media a punch. Like, I don't... I don't think it's that bad, you know. Um, but then again, I have zero faith in the English Football Association to do reasonable things when it comes to disciplining players or not. So, you know, he he could get he could get a minor fine. He could get four games. It's hard to say. Uh, I, I mean, the, it's hard because this is. It's not like oh, they were near the advertising boards. And and um, they're near the advertising boards, and fans are like yelling at you. And you reached over into the stands and punched him the way that you know Eric Cantona kicked that guy. Yeah. This is after the game. You know the fans want to rush the pitch and celebrate, which is fine, and it was great. The scenes were great. But what also happens is is that you're a Wigan fan, like you live in the middle of nowhere in England. 
you know, I mean, I, I mean, they are greater Manchester, the greater Manchester area, and it is Manchester City. But how many times are you going to be that close to a player like Sergio Aguero? Yeah. So you could understand maybe somebody says, okay, like, I'm going to take this chance to get close to him, maybe speak to him, maybe grab a selfie, maybe, you know, who knows? And, you know, if you're a player, all of a sudden these fans who are not your fans are on your territory now. Like, the field is your territory. And you don't know what, what they're going to do. So when you say, all right, like if the media calls it a punch, but it looked more like a shove and, yeah. and, and just a back, like that, that is kind of what it could have been. The part about him turning around and charging it, that's a whole different yeah. story. And that's, that's what you have to look at. Well, the other thing that, could but, just be self-defense. Yeah, but, the, I mean, but that's the thing is that the – all the focus is on this moment of him just kind of, you know, if it doesn't matter, somebody could come up to me and say, Hey, I've got a really good deal on long distance coverage. And if they put their arm around me from behind, and I don't know them from Joe. I'm going to shove them off with my arm. Like, exactly. I'm going to do exactly, exactly that. But the thing is that like, that's I get nervous when people walk up on. to me. I get nervous when people walk up to me on the street from the front, like, and they and they're like, "Oh, hey, we're we're advocating for this group," but it's like, yeah. "Hey, but you did that in a really creepy way." Yeah, but I mean, the thing is that, like, that's that's what everybody's focusing on is that knee jerk reaction, and then clearly the fan said something, and then he charged him, and I think that yeah, that's Aguero, the that's the issue. Yeah, but I think that Aguero is actually lucky because you know he he charges him, but he doesn't actually you know he doesn't actually make contact, right? Like, if if when there was nobody between them, whatever this Wigan supporter said was heard from Aguero, and then he'd charge, and then he'd landed a punch, I mean, that could be, uh, uh, that could be, you know, well, again, I, I want to, <laughs> I want to suggest a, a potential punishment, but like I said earlier, I have no faith in any sort of consistency from the FA in terms of punishing you have no, any kind of transgression. No faith, no faith in the FA to lay down the right punishment, or are you more just like, uh, I really want to suggest a punishment, and this has no bearing on the fact that my team is playing his team next in the next game with a trophy on the line. Well, it's actually, honestly, it's... it's it, it, I mean, if they're going to punish him at all, it's going to be that game. But it's more the fact that I have uh, it's, Gabriel it's Jesus somebody, I'm, on my, I'm bench picturing, my fantasy team. Who's been I'm picturing uh, I'm picturing a WWE ladder match right now with just a League <laughs> Cup like suspended <laughs> above Wembley. Uh, anyway, City was one 0 Will Griggs, the uh, star of the Euro 2016. A Northern Irish striker who was like their fourth striker never really came off the bench, but was the fan favorite because of the fire song. He gets the goal, which means I can watch that video on YouTube now, yeah. shamelessly, for the next After, few days. Uh, Fabian Delph gets sent off. Fabian Delph, right. the same Fabian, Fabian Delph, Delph that you're always off. shocked even exists anymore in top flight <laughs> football. <laughs> Fabian Delph gets sent off. Um, Kyle Walker does something like insanely stupid. Sterling and De Bruyne are just sitting around doing nothing. It's like how many things had to go wrong just for City to lose one nil. Well, what's, and then, cra- what's crazy though to me is that although Delph got sent off, just a bevy of players from Wigan got yellow cards. There were like four yellow cards to them, and then just one red to City. Yeah, well, but I and then and then Pep after the game. The game. Pep after the game does this normal pep, like, congratulations to Wigan on advancing. He goes, you had one shot on target. And it's like, yeah, 
Again, though, tactically they got it right because they beat you. Yeah. Not everybody is going to play the way you want to play because not everybody gets to spend 50 million pounds on a fullback. Yeah. So City, out of the tournament. When we come back from this short little break, we will talk about the rest of the tournament because all of a sudden things just really opened up for a lot of teams. Okay, we're back. So the big-time cup set, Wigan beating Manchester City. Uh, Seb, when he was talking to us before, uh, because he is able to have a back injury and type. He just apparently cannot have a back injury and speak. He was talking about the other surprising uh, results in the FA Cup. I I assume he's talking about Rochdale holding Spurs to a draw. They did get a really insane late equalizer. Um, I'm not sure, but I I feel like in that last show, like, was this surprising to you? I feel like last show I kind of was just like, Rochdale may make a mess for Tottenham. Yeah, no, I think that this was you know, in our last in our last episode. I was the one who thought, okay, you know, City might have some trouble with Wigan, and you are definitely the one who called this one. I did. I did not see Tottenham having any problem with Rochdale, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just this was just this was just for, well. I mean, I based it on the fact that Rochdale is pretty much in Manchester, and. I was just like, look, it's going to be cold, it's going to be rainy, it's just going to be miserable, nobody's going to be wanting to play. I based that off my one day in Manchester, so obviously lots of um, evidence to back up the statement. Um, it was also just how uh, so typical Spurs, just so typical Spurs that they're going to go out there, they're going to beat United, draw Liverpool, um, beat... Who'd they beat after that? They beat Arsenal. Then they got that 2-2 draw slash win against Juventus away from home. Yeah, they're going to come back and drop points against Rochdale. That is like the Spurs MO. But also, they made 11 changes to the starting 11. Yeah. So let's not go out there and pretend like I like that. Oh, it's weird that Fernando Llorente didn't score, didn't bag a brace in this game, and that Spurs struggled against Rochdale. Like, where was the offense supposed to come from? Not so surprising. This is a team that that they drew against Newport County in the last round. Well, and honestly, this this to me speaks to, for better or for worse, right? Like, And, you know, a lot of our listeners know, and anybody who listens regularly knows that I am a dyed-in-the-wool Arsenal fan, but the, the strength of Arsene Wenger and Arsene Wenger's teams down the years, pretty much with the exception of the Invincibles and a little bit on either side of that, have been a cup team. And they've been that recently, and that has been their strength. And I think that he's played to that well, and he's managed the squad well, and that's maybe damning with faint praise if that's all you're going to raise him up for in recent years. And I'm willing to say, yeah, that's damning with faint praise. But I think on the flip side, in terms of their arch-rival, as you say, Pochettino made a mess of this, right? Like, a lot of people came out after Arsenal lost to Nottingham Forest and said, oh, they were disrespecting the cup. They were disrespecting the cup. Like, no, they weren't disrespecting the cup. They just had a manager who's kind of over the hill and can't get his team up for games in the way that he was used to be able to. Like, and It's also, it's also a, there's a difference when you, like that third round weekend is just, there's so many games before that. So you do see a lot of Premier League teams like really mail it in, and that is disappointing. But it's different when you do it on January 3rd than when you do it on February 16th. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand it more on January 3rd. 
but okay, here's here's another question. Do you think that this is going to just? I, I mean, my my view is this is just going to be uh, repeats of the last time, right? Like, oh yeah, no, I, I Rochdale think gets their day in the sun. They get to, they get to come to Wembley in the FA Cup, and once again, they're like <laughs> all their fans. They're in Wembley, the FA Cup, right? And the chair, the Wembley, chairman gets like to Newport. say the. The chairman gets to look at that paycheck. Yeah, no, this is going to be very straightforward. Spurs are going to roll over them. The thing is, though, that this loss from City now, it opens up this field. And you, you look at a team like Spurs and who don't win often, and, they, and we've discussed this on the show previously about all the players that they have and how you better start winning something if you want to hold on to them. Now, yeah. I understand you want to have ambitions that are bigger than the FA Cup, but the FA Cup is a good start. And now the door's open. You know, you have Chelsea, who I think Spurs can look at Chelsea and say, we can we can take you. You have Man United, who just went to Wembley a couple weeks ago and got, the, got run out of the building by Tottenham. You have to think if you're Spurs now, you, you look at, you now actually open up your eyes at the FA Cup and say, you know, assuming you do beat Rochdale, hey, we can really make a go at this. Absolutely, well, absolutely. You kind of have to prioritize that. I mean, and I, or I would you would say, at- no, no, I think you're right, Paulie, though, because even more so in the quarterfinals, they get the winner of the replay because the draw is already done, right? They get the winner right, of between the replay Swansea, of Swansea and Sheffield Wednesday. Exactly. And even if you get the Premier League side in that, that is a team that, in you know, they they are. They can win in Wales, and that's about it. But outside of there, they're absolute garbage. And even in Wales, you have to expect that a team of Tottenham's quality, like on their day, if they're up for it, if Pochettino can get them up for it, then they should wipe the floor with them. And suddenly you're in the semifinals, and the semifinals, everybody knows you've already got an eye on the prize. And the semifinals are in your building. Yeah. They're in your building, which is ridiculous because they're supposed to be at a neutral venue, but they're in your building. But you also you look at you look at Spurs and it's like they can make a go out of it, but at the same time they also have other things to worry about. They do have the Champions League, they do have a very tight top four race. But then you look at a team like Leicester and you say, Well, they're kind of just in mid level perpetuity to begin with. And they're the kind of team that right now, like, you know, they got off to a bad start, but they're they're always capable of doing something. And I think Leicester on any given day can pick off Chelsea. And all of a sudden, if you're Leicester, you look at it and you say, hey, we can, we can make a run at this. And Leicester, who have never won the FA Cup in their history, we can make a run at this. And all of a sudden, let's say Leicester win. The, win. You're looking at two trophies in three years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, and not just two trophies in three years, but the Premier League and the FA Cup. Like the the two biggest trophy trophies in, in England. Football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's the t- and all of a sudden and all of a sudden they become an even bigger enigma because then it's like you you've won two trophies in three years you've had three managers in three years your all of your players want to get the hell out of there um, at the same okay, time well, you managed to, you managed to win the league you managed you know, to win the FA Cup and you managed to make it to the quarterfinals of the Champions League all in getting, that time and had a relegation scare in the middle yeah. of that we're getting we're getting way up ahead of ourselves let's continue to get ahead of ourselves but with one step back do you really <laughs> think that you really think that uh, at the King Power Stadium, City can take care of Chelsea? That Leicester could do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leicester City, excuse me. Yeah. yeah King Power, you know. I, yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing, is that I think that if that game was played 
tomorrow, I would pick Leicester City to win it. But Chelsea are in such abysmal form, but yet they have so much quality and depth that I'm not convinced that, you know, that game is a month out minus two days. That I, It's hard for me to believe that they're going to continue that woeful form for another entire month. But if they played tomorrow, you know, I, They're if not, I was a Foxes okay, supporter, but, I'd be pissed that it wasn't paying, playing them immediatamente because a month from now, Chelsea are probably going to be a better team than they are today. Uh, yes, I don't disagree with that. But at the same time, they, they did just lose 3-0 to Bournemouth and 4-1 to Watford. So who's to say that on any given day, Leicester can't take them? Well, okay. Unless yeah, there are a much true. better team than the two of them. Uh, yeah, yes, that's, I mean, that is true. But again, it's, you know, it's, it's a question of form versus quality, right? Like, I mean, I think that's, uh, that's kind of the, the perennial conundrum in terms of trying to predict results in any top flight leagues. It's like, on paper, this team is better. Uh, in recent results, this team is better. What's going to happen? And I would say, again, tomorrow, Leicester City wins. A month from now, we'll see what happens. There, all right, so there are two things there. Is we, we do both agree Chelsea are going to be better in a month than they are now. Yeah. Um, we're it, doing would be, that it would be horrible because, for them not to be. But at, the, but at the same time, things might just keep falling apart with their manager, and they might not be better. Yeah. You know, They might have just pulled out a couple of good wins. But to move it along now with Chelsea, Tuesday, which is tomorrow, probably the day, or today, the day that you're listening, they take on Barcelona in the Champions League round of 16 – and right now, they're, they're, they better become a better team tomorrow yeah. because they've got a tall task ahead of them. I mean, th- this is the moment in which I think their season either pivots for the better or Conte cements his, the end of his tenure at Stamford Bridge. And I just, Barcelona are such a good team. I think, you know, their, their keeper, you know, Stegen came out and said this, that he thinks, and I, I think that this is partially club propaganda, but not exclusively that, that he thinks they're a better team than they were last year with Neymar. And I don't know that he's wrong. You know, I, I think that Neymar is the kind of player who is not actually terribly different from Alexis Sanchez insofar as he's a I was about phenom- to say they, they became a better team when they got rid of Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. And statistically speaking, Alexis Sanchez and I think Neymar are the only two players that have had statistical, like with the advanced metrics and the advanced statistics. Mm-hmm. They're the only two players that have, had, that have been able to put up numbers even comparable to Messi. Yeah, and, well that, and that's the crazy thing is that they're both profound individualists. But it's the beautiful game, and the game is only beautiful when all of the parts are working to be, you know, like the sum has to be greater than its parts. And if it's not, right. then you just you rely on those individualists. And I actually, you know, we, we spoke about this briefly previously, and I think that there's a chance that... Alexis may have kind of the swan song of his career as he comes into his early 30s at United with an intensely defensive manager. And it's like, okay, you're the one who's going to go forward. But with a fluid team, like a fluid attacking-minded team like Barcelona, or in theory at their best, though not at their recent form, Arsenal, you know, that kind of individual play can be it, like it can be kind of a golden handcuffs, right? Like even though players like Alexis Sanchez and Neymar are inarguably world class, if if the quality that they have demands the ball constantly, and that demand of the ball and 
you know, for selfishness, let's just call it that, means that the overall team play isn't as fluid, then you're not going to be as competitive. And I think that we've seen... It's, it's very hard for me... Now. It's very hard for me to see. Chelsea would have to play about two perfect games over the span of a month. The games are about four weeks apart. They'd have to play about two two perfect games to beat Barcelona, and it and I just I don't see Chelsea being able to do that. It's not yeah. it's not like when Atletico Madrid come up against these teams and you sit there and you say, well, it's totally within the realm of possibility that Atletico, so structurally sound defensively, might be able to get uh, two like. A nil-nil draw, even against the best offense, is totally in play when Atletico is 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 facing them. So you could see that happening twice, and the key for Atletico was just get a goal and win one of those games one-nil. You don't see Chelsea being able to do that twice. No. I mean, and even, I would say, even in their best form, I don't see Chelsea doing that twice. Exactly. Uh, Wednesday... Uh, Man United taking on Sevilla and United just they can't seem to get out of their own way these days, especially when it comes to their uh, arrogant poophead manager, to put it politely. <laughs> that was that was good restraint you showed there, Paulie. Bravo. Yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to swear, so I put it lightly. Um, so you now, Ellie, you said you were unfamiliar with what happened on Saturday. Let me give you a rundown, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna. We'll break it down question style for you. You're Manchester United. You look at you look at your schedule. You have Huddersfield away in the FA Cup on Saturday. You have Sevilla away in the Champions League on Wednesday. You have Chelsea at home on Sunday. You wanna you wanna rest a player. Like if a if a player is absent from the starting eleven against Huddersfield. Would you think twice about that? Would you be like that player's been dropped, or would you say like, "Well, we probably have, or you know, we probably we have a pretty deep squad, and we probably have our eyes on Sevilla and Chelsea." Yeah, <laughs> in theory, yeah. that's what I would say, but I'm not Jose. <laughs> right. So, so that is what you would say, and like you know, Marcus Rashford was out from the team again, which uh, that might be more of a Jose Mourinho leg injury than a Marcus Rashford leg injury because he didn't miss the previous game with a quote-unquote leg injury that happened. We found out about it the day of the game when he was out of the team. But we also know that three days before the game, he flew on a private jet to London for like a photo shoot. So again, might be more of the manager's leg injury than the players. He was out (laughs) from the squad. Phil Jones was out from the squad. Nemanja Matic, who desperately needs a rest, like was somehow in the squad. Paul Pogba was out of the squad. And you could have said, okay, They've got their eyes on on this Sevilla and Chelsea game. But then the weird thing happened is like five hours before the game, United tweeted out, United's Twitter account tweeted out, Paul Pogba will not be traveling with us to Huddersfield today because he's feel like he, he has the flu or like he's not feeling really sick or something. And that was when you're like, uh, that's weird. And it's very weird for the team to tweet that out. And then yeah. like a couple hours later, Pogba tweeted like, I'm gutted that I'm not going to Huddersfield today, but, like, let's go out and get it, lads. And you're just starting to be like, what's going on here? Because you factor in the fact that um, he hasn't played 90 minutes since Alexis arrived. Yeah. And now it's starting, and there are already reports that um, Mourinho doesn't like him. Mourinho actually made some comments after the game that could have been some passive-aggressive digs at Pogba. 
and you're kind of just being like, is this a, where there's smoke, there's fire situation? Because you can't say, all right, we need to get rid of Paul Pogba. You just spent $90 million on the guy. He's 24 years old. If you have a problem with him and he's not getting along with your manager, you need to get rid of the manager. Yeah. If the well, manager I mean, is going to run him out yeah. of town already, you need to get rid of the manager. You, haven't, you and Seb have been calling for the end of Jose's tenure for a long time. and uh, Yeah, since uh, – Five months before it started, to be precise. Well, let me let me talk. So I, you know, I've been talking to a lot of folks here in Mexico City, and they're when I mentioned that, like, yeah, I, I co-host the Premier League podcast. They're very excited, and I say, well, okay, this is how I describe it. I say, for my sins, I'm an Arsenal fan, you know, <laughs> and then I say, well, and also for my sins, I have two United fans who are my co-hosts, but to their great credit. They both hate Jose Mourinho because they're intelligent <laughs> enough to know that they should. Uh, I mean, the, the, relationship, though, the relationship, though, is weird because – and here's where I'll even go back to is since Mourinho arrived, it was Rooney's the captain, but Rooney doesn't play every game. So when he doesn't play, the armband always went to the longest tenured United player, which was – either Antonio Valencia or it's Michael Carrick who's the captain now, or if Valencia and Carrick weren't playing, it'd be Chris Smalling who has a tumultuous relationship with Mourinho to say the least as who well. Doesn't? Yeah, right, but like Mourinho's also, he's called him out in the press. Been like, oh, he's injured, but like I don't think he's injured. The player just says he's injured. I want players that want to play. Like he's called him out for, for BS, but he gets the armband. And, may, and you could say, well, why is he giving in the arm? And then it's like, well, he always gives it to the longest tenured player. And I believe he even gave it to Juan Mata once, yeah. which really it's should make you be like, wow, <laughs> it, that really is a, a strict policy that Mourinho has. Is It goes to the longest tenured player. And then United play in their first Champions League game this year, and Paul Pogba's got the armband. And it wasn't. I don't. I think Valencia played in that game, like. But nevertheless, Paul Pogba was not the longest tenured player, but he got the armband, which was uh, Jose Mourinho saying, "I want you to lead us." And then okay, he gets that hamstring. He gets that hamstring injury like right at the beginning of the game, and right after that, Mourinho's then trashing him, being like, "The way he trains, he doesn't use our trainer. He uses his own trainer, and he doesn't take it seriously." And that's why he got injured. Yeah. So Paul, the me- whole thing is now. Let me put a fine point on this discussion before we before we wrap up. I want to I want to ask you. Paul Pogba has left United under frustrated circumstances once before. Are you at all concerned at this point? Admittedly, early, like late February, that that might come to pass this summer, given you know this whole tumult. Only, I'm a little concerned only because. I just I have this bad. I, I don't trust Edward at all. And if we, if Jose Mourinho is the manager next year, then yeah, I'd be concerned. But you have to be an idiot if you spend ninety million on a player who is by far convinced. Uh, the world was convinced at the time, like yes, he is the best midfielder, and it was only because he's been put. He's been playing with the managers, put the shackles on him. Yeah, um, I mean, it's year. not. But and, it's not terribly he, different from Angel Di Maria, though, is it? It's he's just it's he's just like a younger and maybe more raw talent. It's different. They put the shadows on Angel Di Maria, and they and they um, they played him in a position that wasn't the best suited for him, which is what they were doing with Pogba too. Exactly. But it was one, but. 
but then it was Van Gaal's second year, and it was just like, yeah, he shouldn't be here. Like yeah, but he doesn't what year fit with is his manager. Mourinho in also? Well, no, no, no. This was the they got rid of Di Maria after one year because yeah. it was like Van Gaal staying. Now they're also not pe- people's opinion on Pogba has changed in terms of. You know, last year they were like, well, he's kind of a bust. And then all of a sudden the numbers came out when he got hurt at the end of the season. And they were like, well, United actually score and they win when he plays. And they like literally can't even create scoring chances when he's not there. So they were like, well, maybe his, the goals and the assists may not be there, but him being on the field certainly helps. Yeah. He it's also hit the bar assist, like 10 yeah. times. Yeah. Right. He also hit the bar like 10 times last year. So half those go in. You add five goals to his total, and all of a sudden, he had a great season. This year, everybody understands, like, first of all, he's playing much better goals and assists-wise, but everybody knows how important he is to the team. And yeah, he's not playing in the position that best suits him. They actually played the formation that best suits him on Saturday. He was absent from the team. They played with three defensive midfielders in Carrick, Nemanja Matic, and Scott McTominay against Huddersfield. I I want you to let that sink in. They also had Juan Mata on the field, so... Three guys who were supposed to retain possession plus Juan Mata, who's really good at the ball with the ball at his feet, and they couldn't get the ball off of Huddersfield to save their life. It was it was ridiculous. And the the last thing I wanted to say on the matter was when is Marine so United tweeted out that Pogba was sick and wouldn't be making the trip to Huddersfield, and they tweeted uh, Ethan Harrison, I believe his name is, or Ethan Henderson, or something. Something was they're like he gets his first. He's replaced him in the squad. He's an academy graduate. It's his first appearance on the bench for the first team. And that's that was what caught my eye. Because normally when a when a player like is injured on the day of the game or something, Mourinho would just like throw an extra defender on the bench. Like he'd put Phil Jones on the bench and say, whatever, I'm not gonna use him. But Mourinho only goes to an academy kid when he wants to say F you to a player. Well, and like, that's yeah, I mean, and I think that I think that his his overarching desire to exercise his authority to say F you to players is one of the reasons why, despite his, I think, inarguable football brilliance, it kind of leaves him falling short to be the great manager that he could have been just because of his own ego. Yeah, and uh, like he, the, and then he also named Angel Gomez on the bench, which is something that fans were happy about, wanted to see him play. This game was never... United were defending the entire time. They couldn't retain possession of the ball, but it was never really – Huddersfield were never a threat. And then, and yet the subs that Mourinho made after making a point to be like, oh, I named this kid on the bench, he brought on Anthony Martial, he brought on Jesse Lingard, and then with 30 seconds left, he brought on Eric Bailly, who was named to the bench, you would think, to get a run out for like 30 minutes. Nope, he gets 30 seconds. What was the point in even naming the kids on the bench? That's the only reason – that's that's why I'm a little bit like there's smoke and when there's smoke there's fire and that's why I'm concerned. Um, that's really all I got. They're playing Sevilla in the Champions League. They are slight favorites. I am concerned about that too. But um, that's wrapping it up for tonight. Um, don't forget to follow Elliot on Twitter with his Twitter handle that has nothing to do with his name. But just remember that Keats was better than somebody else. I'm. P. Questel, FanRag Sports, give them a follow. And we will talk to you later this week. We'll recap the Champions League and we will be back with the Premier League and Arsenal with a shot of their trophy. Yeah, how about that? How about that? Hopefully we'll see I can find it. We'll see you. We'll see you later this week.